This is Witness Radio with Ryan Muniak, where you learn biblical evangelism from real-life encounters. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Our call-in line is 513-900-8070, and the website is witnesstalkradio.org. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Answers in Genesis, an apologetics ministry that's dedicated to helping Christians defend their faith and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Visit witnesstalkradio.org slash AIG to see their latest resources. Today, I have a special guest in the studio, Pastor Emilio Ramos. He is, for those of you who don't know, Trisha's husband. He is also the head pastor of Heritage Grace. He spent many years studying apologetics, New Testament Greek, and so much more. He was converted from a life of drugs, gang, and rampant sin. And in 2006, him and Trish actually moved to Texas, feeling the call of God to go there for ministry. They started a home Bible study, which grew and became a church. They planted a church without even trying. And after five years, God called them away from there to start another church plant, Heritage Grace. Emilio has also published a book and many gospel tracts. He speaks at numerous churches and conferences. He even preaches open air at the University of North Texas campus. Emilio, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's my pleasure, Ryan. Good to be with you. So first things first, since you're a Texan, everybody wants to know, Texit? I will let the the really diehard Texans decide that. I I guess I'm at the mercy of uh, (laughs) – I'm at the mercy of the culture of Texas. I don't know what it's going to decide to do, but uh, I think um, it would be a radical – I guess it would be a very interesting um, consequence one way or the other. (laughs) So – um, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. <laughs> as long as they don't bring back the powdered wigs like when we left England. So that's, <laughs> that's right. Good. That's right. Well, let me start off by asking you about your conversion. Looking at your bio, it sounds like it was a pretty radical conversion. So tell us, sure. how did the Lord save you? Well, I got saved when I was 19 years old, um, and, um, you know, I didn't have a Christian background at all. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My parents divorced pretty early and uh, when I was pretty young, rather. Uh, I think it was about six or seven. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I was 19 years old that the Lord really made me aware of my sin. But, you know, up, up until that point, I had basically gone the wrong direction, hung out with the wrong crowd, and uh, just engaged in you know, a very just licentious, sinful lifestyle and mm-hmm. very rebellious and, and um, very, very reckless and dangerous style of life. You know, like you mentioned, gangs, drugs, drugs, violence, you know, the, that that kind of thing. Uh, but God mercifully saved me when I was 19 years old. I just became acutely aware of my sin and the Lord uh, saw fit to bring me to a place of repentance and just as a young man, I really didn't have any experience with Christianity whatsoever. So I didn't know anything about church or Christian wow. culture, nothing like that. So then what brought that into your view? Well, some friends of of mine, we were, we were um, pretty deeply entrenched in uh, drugs. And uh, basically, uh, one late night afternoon, we had been doing – We'd been doing drugs all day, all night, and uh, at that point, God made me very, very aware that I was evil and that I was condemned because of my sin, 
And actually, some friends of mine were actually at that point in time, that very night actually, were were um, attempting to influence me th- with occultic things. So found out later that uh, actually a couple of my friends were pretty deeply into Satanism and things like that, and I had no idea. And God used a very strange providence in my life where in my mind what happened was that I, I realized that if there is the essence of evil mm-hmm. uh, in Satanism and those kinds of things and the occult, what I was basically getting ready to partake of, then there must be a corresponding light or goodness. Hmm. And um, I, that's just by God's grace that I'd come to that conclusion. And I just sort of realized, and I guess I sort of felt that not like I heard a voice, but basically I came to an understanding that this would be my last choice or this would be my last chance. Not that it's a chance equation, but right. this was my final opportunity to repent. And uh, by God's grace, I did and went into a church and immediately started studying and and uh, started reading my Bible and trying to get involved as, as, with as much uh, as I could in terms of church and studying scripture and Bible studies and things like that. And and so that's how I got saved. Well, praise God. That's awesome. Yeah. So another thing from your bio is that you just, you love to study you know, <laughs> God's word, apologetics, evangelism, all that stuff. I, I don't understand that. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand a desire to read God's word and stuff like that, but I don't have that like insatiable appetite for studying specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think that that desire has ever left. Uh, I think probably very early in my, early on in my Christian walk, probably six months into being a Christian, though I could not articulate it then, I, I've clearly felt a call to teach. And uh, basically, it happened upon, I think, the first time I had really studied the Bible and received something of, I guess, of illumination where I understood a verse. I understood the, 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 the true meaning of a text of Scripture. And it was, it was upon that, receiving that initial illumination of truth that I developed. God gave me really a hunger for His Word. And uh, my passion was to know the word and then to teach it to other people. Now, that simple, basic principle, that desire, that passion, that never left me uh, throughout all of my Christian life. And uh, now I understand what that was. And it was, to me, it was a a desire to, to preach, to teach. And mm-hmm. uh, that ultimately fed right into a pastoral calling. Amen. Yeah. And, and I think that's maybe why I didn't feel called to the mm. pastorate. I'm more on the, the Ray Comfort uh, track. I, I just I just love going out and sharing the gospel with people. I don't really feel called to be a, an under-shepherd mm. to the flock. Um, not that I won't teach or mm-hmm. that I won't encourage and edify the saints as God allows me to. But let's change gears for just a moment. Mm-hmm. This is a podcast. And you are a podcaster yourself, Red Grace Radio, mm-hmm. with Robert Reese as your co-host, correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Why should someone, after listening to Witness Radio, why should they then tune into Red Grace Radio? Well, Red Grace Radio um, is a part of Red Grace Media. And basically what we've done is we've taken 
you know, all of the different things that we love to do in terms of apologetics, theology, pastoral ministry. Basically, um, you know, Robert Reese has been a real blessing to me in enabling me to take my ministry and to have various, you know, uh, multiple media applications for that, for that ministry, whether it's through my writings, whether through podcasting, through videos, through uh, capturing open air preaching and things like that, apologetics. So uh, that's really what Red Grace Media is all about. Red Grace Radio is a weekly podcast where we get to t- get together and we talk about everything uh, evangelical, evangelistic, and reformed. Uh, that's kind of like our subtitle to our podcast. So we we uh, um, you know we are explicitly evangelistic in the sense that we engage in apologetics and we engage in evangelism and we go out to the streets and we go out to the campuses and we do that. We're also evangelical because we're concerned with the gospel and the purity of the gospel in the church. Um, theologically, I'm reformed in my theology, and so it will always come from that perspective. So that's that's really what Red, Red Grace Media is all about. You are also an author of a book— and a lot of people get confused when they pronounce the title of your book. Mm-hmm. So what what is the book? What is the correct way to say the book? And what is the book about? So the book is uh, pronounced convert, like a verb, not convert, like a noun. So it is God's job to convert the soul. Okay. Um, so convert is what God does to us by taking us out of Adam and putting us into Christ. And so really the book, if somebody has an understanding of, uh, basic understanding of, 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 of salvation, the doctrine of salvation, soteriology, then you'll, you'll pick up pretty quickly that in the book that a lot of what I'm talking about is dealing with the doctrine of union with Christ. I try to kind of distill it, bring it down to a lower level in, in terms of, uh, just making it a bit easier to, for everybody to understand it. Um, but I just, I wrote the book, uh, several years ago out of a passion. Uh, to try to bring together a little bit closer evangelism and theology. Mm. So I think that those were two two things that typically didn't go together. And so typically what I was seeing in, 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 in the church was either such a heavy emphasis in theology that many people become so theologically minded they're no longer evangelistically good. Uh, they don't really want to step out of their ivory tower of theology and go pass out a gospel tract to anybody. And you also have it on the reverse where people try to shy away from any solid theology right. just because they think it's all about the gospel. Right. And that's 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 exactly right. That's the other part of it is that, you know, some folks, all they care about is doing evangelism. And oftentimes people were neglecting their theology. So when I heard folks open air preach or share their faith theologically they were very shallow in their understanding of the of the doctrines of scripture mm-hmm. and so that ended up getting them in all sorts of trouble in their conversations and to me it gave a very disingenuous sort of witness uh, that wasn't I think glorifying Christ the way it should and so that's what the book you know tries to kind of correct or tries to emphasize and say look you know we need to become you know theological evangelists for the glory of God. Mm, amen. A lot of times you, with the book, you mention Adam, from Adam to Christ. Yeah. What does conversion have to do with 
Adam? It's a great question. So basically, you know, the book is written from the perspective that there are only two kinds of people in the world. You're either in Adam or in Christ. So what that means is that you're either in Adam covenantally or in Christ covenantally. So in other words, Adam being the human representative of all mankind, right? And when he fell into sin in the garden, he took all of humanity with him. And so we bear his curse. We bear his death sentence. We also suffer his corruption and his pollution in sin. But at the same time, conversely, in Christ, when Christ becomes our new representative, then we inherit his righteousness and we inherit his his vindication and his victory. And so we are either going to be dead in our sins in Adam or we are going to be alive to God in Christ. That's the way that God views the world. And so that helped me to understand that when God, because, you know, we live in such an individualistic society that everybody's out for self. But, you know, in reality, God sees the world through this sort of covenantal component that you're either in Adam or in Christ. That's why, for example, Romans chapter 5 um, is written in that way. I've noticed that with this book, you've got some pretty solid guys endorsing it. You got Ray Comfort, who wrote the either the foreword or the introduction, I don't mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. And you've got Mark Spence, the dean of the School of Biblical Evangelism. He says that everyone who cares about the Bible needs to read this book. <laughs> Why did he say that specifically? Well, you'd have to ask him, but I think Mark is Mark was very gracious in 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 using those words. I think he's just calling attention to the fact that the book is focused on some of the most essential aspects of Christianity dealing with conversion, dealing with evangelism, uh and dealing with sort of a proper understanding of how those things go together from a Christ-centered perspective that it kind of hits all the foundational areas that you need to think about when you consider what does it mean to be in union with Christ. So I, I think I think if a person does want to really understand the Bible, you can't understand the Bible apart from uh, the Adamic typology going from Adam to Christ. I mean, you think about the book, again, coming back to the book of Romans, I mean, the whole argument of the Apostle Paul, of the whole explanation of the gospel, comes back down to a correlation between Adam and Christ. Mm-hmm. So then you believe in a literal Adam and Eve. Of course. Does that also mean that you believe in a literal six-day, 24-hour creation period and 6,000-year-old earth? Yeah, I have no reason why not, why I shouldn't believe it. Oh, you're so close-minded. Why, why don't you think <laughs> evolution fits in there uh, as we record <laughs> yeah, in right. Answers in Genesis that's right. Studio? That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so people can get this book on Amazon and yeah. many other online retailers at the Answers Bookstore. You can even get it. For easy access for the listeners, go to the show notes for today's episode, and you will find a link right to where you can buy his book, Convert, or Convert. Yeah, yeah, convert. No, no, convert. Yeah, you had it right the first time. From Adam to Christ. That's right. So we will be right back with more from Emilio Ramos. You're listening to Witness Radio. 
Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Keeping the faith, the faith in the family. This is Faith and Family Radio. Boys dressing like girls, girls dressing like boys. What does the Bible say about it? Would you say that God is your first love? How would you describe your relationship with God? Where do we get logic and reason from? The God that made us. What does the Bible have to say? When does life begin? You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show. It's my mommy and daddy. FaithFamilyRadio.com The children of Lima, Peru face many difficulties. Hunger, neglect, abuse, and most importantly, a lack of the gospel. Heart of Christ Ministries seeks to bring the gospel and to fulfill the other needs of the children. Please consider partnering with us. You can sponsor a child for just $25 a month, and there are many other ways to help. Please visit hofcm.org. Here's how VidAngel lets you watch movies for $1. You buy a movie for $20. Don't worry, it ends up being $1. Since you own the movie, you can legally set your filters. Now, watch your movie. Then, with the click of a button, sell it back to us for $19 of credit. That means each movie is only $1. It's that simple. Buy for $20, set filters, watch it, sell it back for $19. Enjoy your $1 movie. Sign up at witnesstalkradio.org slash vidangel. You're listening to Witness Radio. Welcome back to Witness Radio again. We're talking with Emilio Ramos, who is the author of Convert from Adam to Christ. He is also the head pastor of Heritage Grace Community Church. So tell us about Heritage Grace. Well, Heritage Grace um, is uh, it's my second church plant, and um, it's... You know, it's a wonderful church in my in my estimation. I mean, I, I love the people there. I love what God is doing there. We're a small church, a young church. Uh, by no means have everything together, but we're seeking above everything to be a Christ-centered church that is focused on making the Bible preeminent in, in the church. And our church is... You know, a very special church in my opinion because we don't have a lot to offer people. We don't have all these uh, programs and things. But, you know, our church, everything we do, every ministry, every aspect of our church is just deeply rooted in Scripture. So that's that's really the vision for the church. Uh, right now there are two pastors, myself and another brother. We have several deacons, and the Lord is just bringing some really neat families to our church. I'm just excited and blessed and humbled to be a part of it. Very cool. You say you're a small church, but do you have a lot of programs or outreaches or anything going on, or is it really just you know focus on your your Sunday morning service? Yeah, well, right now, I mean, we have one service and it is Sunday. We have a Sunday school hour, then we have Sunday Sunday worship. We have all sorts of different ministry opportunities going on. Uh, men's groups, women's groups, evangelism, 
things like that. And then just the, the, the spontaneous fellowship that exists in, in the church, whether it's through small groups or things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, we really just take the training of the saints very, very serious. So uh, we're doing a lot of teaching. You know, that's really what our, our church is all about. It's just really teaching and disseminating the Bible as much as possible. And uh, we've got quite a mixture at our church at the moment. I mean, I think we've got quite a few people that are both members or attending that are very young in the faith. So the Lord has given us a lot of young believers. And so we've got, you know, we're we're teaching a lot of theology, but at the same time, we're trying to catch a lot of people up to speed Mm -hmm. to understand our doctrine. That is very cool. So yeah. where where can people go? Say they live in Texas and they want to mm-hmm. come visit Heritage Grace. Where mm-hmm. where can they go for more information? Yeah, just go to heritagegrace.com okay. and uh, we post all of our uh, sermons, video, uh, and at the same time, I also post all of my manuscripts so people can actually go on the website and interact with the notes, the, the, the sermon manuscript for each sermon. Um, and also blogs that we have up and they can find out everything they want to know about our church, you know, through our website. So it's a great thing. I mean, you know, another part of our ministry is that we, we also do conferences, which I think we're going to talk about one of them, but you know, that's, that's another kind of passion of mine. I I love uh, bringing good men together for meaningful conferences. You have something called the Emmaus Conference coming up. Mm -hmm. What is Emmaus? Where did you get the name from, and what's the conference going to be all about? Yeah, there's there's actually an Emmaus Conference. It's kind of an ecumenical kind of a conference. If you just Google it, you're going to come up with all kinds of stuff, but that's not what we are. The Emmaus Conference through Heritage Grace is a conference that is focused on proclaiming Christ from all of Scripture. Mm. And so it is mainly the, the main focus of it would be an Old Testament conference where we take different segments of the Old Testament and we show and we preach and we teach how Christ is supreme, manifested, and how Christ is set forth in those pages. Like last year, we did Exodus, and we talked about Christ in Exodus. Uh, this year, we're doing protology. So we're looking at the first few chapters of the Bible, chapter Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Most people have heard of eschatology. Mm -hmm. Uh, Protology uh, is the study of the first things. So first three chapters of Genesis is what theologians would refer to as protology. And what we're going to show is just how absolutely foundational the first few chapters of Genesis is to an understanding of all of Scripture, and secondly, how the first few chapters of Genesis are written distinctly, and I would say intrinsically or from the outset, from a Christocentric perspective. You know, the days of creation are not written for Darwin. They're written for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so and so that's what we really seek to show. We seek to show that every part of the Old Testament ultimately has a Christological focus mm. and emphasis so great speakers, great theolo- when, theologians, and people coming. It's amazing. When is the Emmaus Conference? Yeah, so yeah, so this year's Emmaus Conference is October eighth and ninth. Okay, so it's a, do- a two day conference. It's a Saturday Sunday, so people that come, they'll spend all day with us Saturday, and then they'll have the Lord's Day with us on Sunday. And uh, what we do is we take our Sunday school hour. We make that we make that one of the sessions of the conference. We pack out the sanctuary for Sunday school, which is typically in a smaller smaller room. 
but we, we pack out the sanctuary for session one on Sunday, and then session two is the worship service, which kind of caps it all off. But, you know, so far, you know, we've, we've only done a couple of these, but it's just been a tremendous blessing. So every year, it's like our church, we just want to keep it going. Very cool. Now, is there any cost to this? Uh, there is a cost. It's a small cost. It's just just to cover costs, you know? Right. I think it's like 20 bucks or something, but you come, it's great. You know, you'll be encouraged. You'll meet a lot of brethren. You'll be taught and you'll come away with just kind of an eye-opening perspective on some familiar passages of scripture that you haven't really thought about from a Christ-centered point of view. Mm. And, uh, you know, I I don't think I really explained the Emmaus name. The Emmaus conference comes from the road to Emmaus that's found in Luke 24, when the Mm, disciples mm -hmm. are on the road to Emmaus and they're walking back to Jerusalem and, and Jesus is there conversing with them. And it says there in Luke 24 that Jesus explained all of Scripture to them from beginning with Moses and then the law and then the prophets all the all the different things that had to do with Christ in the Old Testament. And, you know, if you calculate the Emmaus walk, that would have, if you just walked that road about seven miles, it might take you, it might take you an hour and a half maybe or something like that. But if you're stopping and conversing for all of Scripture, as it says, mm-hmm. how long would it take Jesus to explain to two disciples from all of Scripture where he is found? It could have taken them hours. Yeah. And if you think about what's going on there, Luke 24, this is Jesus resurrected who has perfect hermeneutics, perfect illumination, perfect exegesis, perfect unction, perfect inspiration, and he's expounding all of Scripture. Mm. And so Luke 24 records the disciples' hearts burned within them. And so that's what happens when you see Christ from all of Scripture, your heart will literally burn. Mm, man, I, you, you make me want to fly down to Texas just to, to go to this. <laughs> you need to. A lot of people do. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, we have so much more to talk about, so we have to pick up the pace a little bit. You have a secret project that is in the works right now with my favorite theologian, Paul Washer, and James White is uh, one of many others' favorite theologians. What is going on with this project? I mean, those are some some heavy hitters in, in the theology realm. Yeah, well, um, both of these brothers had graciously agreed uh, to work on an evangelistic project with me, and so we're we're still working out the details of all of that. So I can't say much about it yet because I don't like to talk about anything that's halfway done. I don't like to presume that God will be so gracious as to bring it all to fruition. So I think as time goes on, go to redgracemedia.com and stay tuned for what happens with Paul Washer, James White, and Emilio Ramos. (laughs) That's pretty much all I can say. (laughs) Uh, Well, I know I'm excited about it, and I don't know anything about it other than Paul Washer and James White are in it. And Paul has been a guest on Witness Radio, so for those of you who have listened to this show, you should know... That is a solid dude right there, and such a humble guy for being in in the realm of authority that he is. Yeah. But one last thing that I wanted to talk about is your ministry on the campus mm-hmm. at the University of North Texas, UNT. So I, I know that you've had a lot of hecklers. You've dealt with a lot of different students and areas at that campus, and you know, I'm a campus minister myself. I love going out to the campus and sharing the gospel with the students. 
what are some of the most memorable moments that you have had on the campus? I would say the most memorable moments that I've had is when people have come up to me and telling me that they've been converted under the preaching. Oh, amen. Um, I think that's by far the best, you know, in terms of just pure joy. And obviously we pray that those conversions are genuine, but... I remember that I was walking up this particular day, there was a gentleman screaming at the, somebody was already preaching and the gentleman was screaming at the top of his lungs saying, this is not working. And of course he claimed to be a Christian and he claimed to do, you know, be doing it right mm-hmm. and saying this open air approach is just not working. He's just shouting and shouting this. And I thought to myself, oh boy, here we go. You know, it's going to be an exciting day. <laughs> <laughs> so I went off down to one of the students' cafes where they have shop. I usually get water, coffee, you know, get ready for, for the day of preaching. I bumped into a young lady and she said, I can't believe it's you. And I said, who? She said, a couple of years ago, you were preaching here on campus. And she said, I was, I was not a Christian. I was living in sin. I was, I was sleeping with my boyfriend. And I went home after listening to the preaching. And she said, and now I'm, I'm, I've repented. I'm a Christian. I'm a member of a church down the street. And uh, I just thought, boy, irony of ironies. You know, it just, just came from the guy yelling at the top of his lungs saying, this is not working. Mm. And here the Lord graciously, obviously this doesn't happen all the time. Right. But God graciously gave me uh, the ability to see that fruit. And uh, what an encouragement. But we've had some... Uh, so those are by far the best moments that I can remember. Other than that, I mean, we've had all kinds of crazy stuff happen from <laughs> students stabbing themselves in front of me while I'm preaching to, wow. you know, kids spitting on me. I had uh, feminists one time they came out, about 20 feminists came out protesting me in their underwear. You know, I've had lesbian groups come around and circle me in big holding hands uh, shouting shame, 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 the preaching of the God. I mean, it's just, you know, there's all kinds of wild things that go on. Yes. But uh, I, none I of that, that, none of that obviously deters uh, us from going out there. So, you know, I covet the prayers of your listeners, you know, keep us in prayer. How often are you are you out there? Uh, when, when school is in session and weather permitting, I mean, we're there once a week. Okay. Yeah, every Wednesday. Wonderful. Man. That- I've been doing that for about, well, since... Since about oh seven oh eight, so you've been there for quite a while. So people probably know that everybody knows us there. Pastor, Pastor <laughs> me, they here. know me. Yeah, they know me. Actually, had a uh, fraternity that was started in my honor. Really? Uh, yeah, they they began uh, the uh, secular humanists on campus started a fraternity so that they can try to monopolize the free speech zone so that I couldn't get any. Huh. So, so, like I said, we've had some really exciting times there. <laughs> well, you, you know you're reaching somebody when they try to start a whole fraternity just to stop you <laughs> yeah. from what you're doing. Yeah. That That is amazing. Emilio, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people go for more information about you and to contact you and sure. all that good stuff? You know, never, never um, ceases to amaze me how things work through a podcast like this, you know, we've had some dear, dear people show up to the church just through, hey, I heard you through this and that and the other thing and Witness Radio. Next thing you know, you know, I'm a member of your church. So I really encourage people to check out heritagegrace.com. I, I just 
believe so strongly God's doing something very special in our church. So I pray that uh, people will be uh, blessed. They will be enriched by the sermons and the blogs and the things that, you know, that, that Heritage Grace has there, heritagegrace.com. And then, of course, go to redgracemedia.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and just keep in touch with us in terms of what's going on with projects like the one with Paul Washer and and James White. We've always got things and we've got many other things that we've got in the works, you know. So hopefully people will come there and be encouraged by what they read and what they hear and what they see. And yeah, so they can they can go through either one of those avenues. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Witness Radio. Visit witnesstalkradio.org to read the show notes and let us know what you think of what we shared today. Do you, do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Did we miss a point that you think we should have shared? Let us know. And don't forget to join us on social media and share this episode with your friends. Now that the show is over, it's time for you to go. That is, to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. May God bless you. This show has been a production of the Muniac family. Please pray for us as we continue to minister in the tri-state area and around the globe with Christ-centered programs.